Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I don't know, Gavin. Find something that seems appropriate. You're the producer. Produce something. Yes. The following podcast contains... You cannot say filth, flying filth, flying filth in front of people. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you got married and stayed married for 50 years to the same person, what the hell were you? No, actually, I know the answer to that because, uh, you know, I, I guess I love them and stuff. It's just it's just strange for me. And Jesus, my friend is getting married a few weeks from now. What, what the hell is everyone thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, August 10th, Two Weddings and My Funeral edition of the show where I come to tell you there won't be a new show this weekend because I'm attending my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. You know, I make jokes about my parents because, well, they're funny people who raised a wannabe funny kid who ended up hosting this fictional radio show on the internet, and you gotta bust balls when you love people. This may be why I remain alone and bitter and I make insulting jokes rather than tell people that I love them. I should probably get therapy or something. Anyway, rather than do a show this week, I'm dropping this intro and then running a best of about weddings. Episode 162, Hey Little Sister, What Have You Done? About the Wedding Industrial Complex, which admittedly is only a few months old now, but it's very on topic. So enjoy your rerun and think of me in a small church in rural southeastern Tennessee, sweating like an atheist in church in August, and laugh, laugh, laugh. Enjoy the show. The following podcast contains... You used to be a kind, loving man, and now you're a foul-mouthed monster! Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you threw a royal wedding and did not have one Elvis impersonator, what the hell were you thinking? I am your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, May 25th, 2018. Hey, little sister, what have you done? Addition to the show where we try to warn America about the wedding industrial complex. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's Fast Weddings, when you care enough to pay the very least. Here at Fast Eddie's Fast Weddings, we specialize on spur of the moment, everything you need to tie the knot quick. Whether it's a bun in the oven or ice looking over your shoulder for your immigration status, Fast Eddie's can handle your nuptial needs. From a wedding venue to the efficient, it's all for one low fee. Ask about our podcaster package, where we have a legal and registered host of one of our famous podcasts perform your wedding, valid only within the five boroughs of New York City. At the bar of your choosing, be sure to tip in Jameson shots. Use the promo code NICEDAY for a fast wedding at checkout, and producer Gavin will sing at your wedding. 
would you? You know what? You wouldn't know, would you? Where have you been? You would have no idea. Let me fill you in, okay? Ever since you got engaged, everything's turned to shit. You know what? This is supposed to be about my time. You have managed to ruin every event in my wedding. Thank you very much. Okay, well, thank you very much. It's all her fault. It is not mine. And you would know that if you got your beautiful haired head out of your asshole. In fact, out of her asshole, which I'm sure is perfectly bleached. You know what? It is. And you know how I know? Because I went to the fucking salon with her and I got my asshole bleached too. And I love my new asshole. When I was a little kid, my mom would wake me up early on Sunday and force me into uncomfortable clothes, including those hard-ass shoes that pass for kids' dress shoes. You know, they're always five sizes too big because your mom bought those expensive motherfuckers for you to grow into. And then finally, she would put me in a necktie. I thought only pansies wore neckties. So did I. And then she would drag my ass to church. And in that church, I would be forced to sit still and silent for roughly seven decades while adults did important adult things like, I don't know, sing, cry, and shout at Jesus. Honestly, to this day, this is how I see a church service. Then we would stand around outside the church for another three decades while my parents droned on and on about church gossip. And all I wanted to do was go home and take off that fucking tie and play in the dirt. This probably plays a large part in how much I detest formal weddings. Because I, as a grown-ass man, am expected to put on uncomfortable clothes, hard shoes, a necktie, and then go to a church that represents a god that I find comically unbelievable and listen to some asshole drawn on way too long about... Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. A marriage, by the way, that if they are lucky, they will have paid off before they get divorced. Then I get to head over to a rented hall with a bad cover band, rubber chicken, and watch geriatric white people try to do the Harlem Shuffle. Stop doing this, white people. In Terminable speeches, the speeches that go on forever with maudlin motions, the archaic rituals all designed to enforce a patriarchy. All of this for a couple who chances are I only like one of them and probably despise the other. And what is worse? What is fucking worse? It's a cash bar. You made me put on a fucking tie and expect me to pay for drinks? What kind of monster are you? Look, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore. So you can probably understand why the past week of royal wedding fervor left me a little chagrined with my fellow Americans. Didn't we fight a fucking war a couple of hundred years ago to get rid of these assholes? Now we gotta spend time adoring an antiquated authoritarian institution just because two of them registered to fuck legally? Look, I've got no particular animus towards Harry and Meghan. They seem nice enough, and frankly, I enjoyed some of the schadenfreunde of Meg's white trash family showing up to cash in on the pound sterlings and looking like real assholes doing so. That's such a white trash thing to say. Also, I totally love that a young African-American woman has entered the whitest family in the Western Hemisphere and how much the wedding embraced her heritage. I mean, embraced by royal wedding standards, there was not, to my knowledge, a cookout with good potato salad. So I could give no fucks about the royal family in general. They literally have no impact on my life. It's the idea of venerating this wedding that just grinds my gears. It's a symptom of all things wrong in America. It just shows how much we're obsessed with celebrity and wedding culture. There is a huge chunk of America that looks at their wedding day as their one and only chance 
<laughs> Even though chances are they'll have two or three of them to be royalty for the day. And it's not healthy. According to Wedding.com. Sounds official. Please hold. Your call is very important to us. In 2017, there were 2.18 million weddings in America, and the average wedding cost nearly $26,000. You've got to be shitting me. I could buy 32 of my first cars for that price. In fact, that number is trending up over the long term, so that by 2020, they expect the average cost of a wedding to be $30,000. Let me remind you, dear listener, this is not a high-end wedding, the kind that's financed by the 1%. This is just your generic American middle-of-the-road wedding. A high-end wedding already clocks in at six figures, and the dress alone can cost as much as the average American wedding. The average wedding in New York City clocks in at forty grand right now. The wedding industrial complex raked in $60 billion dollars. In 2016. That is just insane. We are talking about a major, major cash market here, people. Do you want to know how I know how big this scam is? The website WeddingReport.com wanted to charge me $1,000 a year for full access to their data. That, my friends, is a complex. I am not married. So maybe I'm not the person who should be talking to you about how stupid weddings are. I've never stopped you before. But I'm going to do it anyway. So let's talk about weddings in America and how they happen in our society. In America, two people meet one another. This seems to involve some sort of activity on an app, which is on a smartphone. On this app, people write lies about themselves in order to make them sound sane, financially sound, and sexually appealing to others of the gender or sexual preference they desire. Yes, Gavin, even unicorns. Whatever turns your crank, buddy. When the two find one another's lies mutually appealing, they swipe on the app in the specified direction and agree to meet in real life. Although in reality, this rarely happens. They just discuss meeting and then gradually ignore one another. Still, occasionally, it does happen and then engage in the ritual exchange of money for alcoholic beverages in a public space where the likelihood of the man murdering the woman is reduced by like 10 or 12%. At this initial meeting, they will determine whether the lies told on said dating app were not so egregious as to preclude seeing one another in the future. The evening may or may not conclude with sexual activities between the two, depending on the relative hotness of the parties involved, or more likely, the amount of alcohol consumed. And then it's booty time. Should the two continue to see one another, eventually an endorphin rush will begin to associate itself with the specific individuals, causing feelings of warmth and happiness. This entirely chemical reaction is what we call love. Even though it's largely a product of genetically mandated reproductive processes instilled by millions of years of evolution rather than a voluntary choice by a rational thinking person. He's such a romantic. As these chemical expressions become more intense, the parties will sometimes express them by wishing to join their financial lives together in order to more conveniently experience sexual gratification with one another and also to reduce their share of the rent. Oh, 
Oh, that's such a sweet sentiment. After some period of time, assuming one party does not start experiencing endorphin rushes or sexual gratification with someone else, the two will decide to formally entangle their financials in a fully legal and mutually destructive way. We call this marriage. This is where shit starts to get expensive. Because according to tradition, the entanglement of finances requires a significant expenditure by one of the parties, traditionally the male identifying member, but this is purely up to those involved, of 10% of their annual salary on a hunk of compressed carbon mounted on a band of soft metal unfit for utilitarian purposes. What's a 13-letter phrase for marriage proposal? I have absolutely no idea. He went to Jared. The medium income of the United States is around $57,000 a year, so someone is about to lay out almost six grand on a piece of jewelry, indicating you are willing to pay six grand to prove to someone that you are at the moment serious about marrying them. Terms and conditions may apply. Consult your lawyers for details. If I had to pop six grand for every promise I made, well, let's just say I would show up when I told you that I would help you move instead of conveniently forgetting and not answering my phone that day. Oh, oh, now I get why they, oh, yeah, so, yeah, there, there's a reason why they do that. I get it now. To somewhat alleviate for the absurd expense of the engagement ring, someone, usually the female, identifying party, now begins the process of procuring an elaborate and utterly useless garment to wear during the actual ceremony. You don't think I've noticed the 34 C's in the camouflage tank top? The median wedding dress will hit the bride up for around 1500 and change. And that is for your run-of-the-mill, off-the-rack white chiffon and lace, which no one would be caught dead in unless they have no other choice. A top-end gown starts at 10 grand and then goes up from there. But, you know... Top-end gowns aren't are purchased by normal people. They're purchased by grown-ass women who still refer to their father as daddy. And her father refers to her, my little princess, and he's the one that pays. For the friends of the lucky couple, never fear. You, too, will be obliged to shell out your hard-earned cash on this farcical ritual. There will be gatherings where you must prove your affection for your friend in the form of elaborately planned outings in rented cars and expensive venues, followed by a night of heavy drinking. You will also be required to bring a ridiculously expensive gift. Many of these parties for them will require airfare and hotel accommodations because you can't just be taking your bestie out to TGI fucking Fridays like it was a common Thursday. For the male identifying, be prepared to lay out money to have a strange woman arrive at your event and remove her clothes because nothing says monogamy like strange titties grinding in your face. Strippers here! And then later on, if you're a woman, you could prepare to purchase a dress of your own that you will never wear again, or if you're a guy, rent a very uncomfortable suit that makes you look like a waiter. And all of this is prior to the actual big day. Because for the couple, that's when shit starts to really add up. It's like a fat guy ordering at McDonald's after an all-night benders. Things will get rapidly out of control. Here is a breakdown from the website The Knot of all the things that you will be spending money on that could be better spent on anything. Up to and include paying off said strippers to never mention about what happened during their after their lap dance. You 
you are going to need a wedding planner because it's easier to plan the storming of the beaches of Normandy than to figure out how you're going to get two families in the same building together and not seat someone next to one another that cannot fucking stand the other one. You cannot do that yourself. You're going to need a professional. Also, also, for some reason, you've got to pay for the church. Which is amusing in and of itself, since you haven't been to church since you were 12, but now you got to get hitched in the house of the Lord. And yes, they charge you for that privilege. The love of the Lord may be free, but the church takes cash and credit cards. No checks. Jesus loves you, but not not enough to trust your check-kiting ass. Also, you know what? You're going to have to light the priest up with a tip when you're done. Bless you, my son. Oh, and you're going to want to plunk down for the ceremony musicians to play the two goddamn songs that everyone plays at a fucking wedding. You can either walk in to Here Comes the Bride or Pock Bell's Canon in D, you know, but honest to God, you're going to bring in a fucking full choir orchestra to play this shit when someone could just Lloyd Dobler that shit on a goddamn iPhone? Somebody has got to bring the flowers to this dog and pony show because nothing says forever like a room full of dead plants are going to be thrown out right after the ceremony. You're going to need a stylist whom will have to be flown in from fucking Milan to ensure your hair is perfect before you slap a lace tablecloth on your head to cover your perfect hair. Then there are gifts for the poor suckers you conned into standing at the altar with you and someone, someone will need to document this your day of days so you're going to need both a photographer and a videographer because fuck you they are two different skills i'm not going to do it for the same two jobs for the price of one i've been asked too many times that way once you have all these images and videos you can spam your friends social media feeds with them for the next goddamn month and also you hire the right photographer You can pay another few thousand dollars for a large book of photos that you will never see again until you angrily throw it out during your inevitable post-divorce rage. Burn it? Yes, burn it. Once you've performed your hypocritical rites of your faith, oh yeah, they're hypocritical, you may fool your family. But you don't fool Jesus. You get to head over to the reception where you have paid way more money than you did for the church where the actual wedding happened. Once there, you can look forward to music provided by the best wedding band West Frog Fart Arkansas has to offer, who will somehow manage to play out of tune and out of key at the same time. Be sure to request Freebird. It's their specialty. Everyone will eat, which you will pay for. Everyone will drink which you ought to be paying for, and don't be cheaping out with that beer and wine shit either. You put some goddamn hard liquor behind that bar because some of us cannot sit through Leroy Jethro and Barry Gibbs' wedding bound of renown West Frog Fart's finest Bee Gees cover band without some sort of fucking hard liquor. And 
the cake. Jesus Christ, the fucking cake. You cannot get married without a $500 cake that no one really eats because, frankly, it's fucking a monstrosity of frosting and tiny fake people that fails at being an actual cake in the one and only meaningful way a cake needs to perform by actually being edible. And you round it all off with sundries like limos, favors, and I guess the groom should rent a tux or something, and you could rack up 27 to 30 grand without much fucking thinking about it. And oh my God, your parents, holy shit. Why would you want to not just put your parents, whom you owe some small debt of gratitude for bringing you into this world, I guess, but you got to bring all of your family in one fucking room? Man, this seems like a really bad idea. You want your creepy uncles, nosy aunts, skeevy cousins who make wildly inappropriate comments about the wedding night while staring down your new spouse's cleavage? Really? What about all of your shitty friends? Or more to the point, your new spouse's shitty friends, many of whom did everything in their power to convince your spouse there was no fucking reason to make any cattle-related purchases when they were getting the bovine lactic byproduct for free. A lot of the time, they didn't even want the shitty friend in the wedding party, where inevitably they will get drunk and spend the entire reception trying to get into the bridesmaids' dresses, which uh, I should really apologize to Cat and Eric for I... I, I didn't mean for your grandfather to find us naked in the coat closet like that. Apology not accepted. Why would you do this? So you can impress your friends? You want to impress us? Get married in the backyard of a bar. Trust me on this. Modern weddings are nothing but the pageantry, the sheer commercialism of showing the fuck off to people. If people thought they could pull it off, they would bring together thousands of commoners waving flags and lining a parade route to the goddamn church just like the royal wedding last weekend. When we, we got into this thing with the best intentions, really. I never... Yeah, the best of intentions. You know what leads to the best of intentions? The next thing you know, you're cleaning the brains out of your backseat of a car when you accidentally shot your bridesmaid in the head. I've seen it happen. Because Americans, and particularly American women, through no fault of their own, are conditioned to believe that their wedding is... That was the single most important thing in my life! And there will never be another day like it. When in reality, statistically speaking, there's roughly a 50-50 chance it will turn out you spent a shit ton of money as an advance on your divorce. Wouldn't it be more prudent to just put the money in a high-yield seven-year investment vehicle to be split equally to pay the attorney's fees? That was harsh, Matt. So instead of wasting all of my time and your money, you might consider some alternatives to big weddings. And who better to bring you wedding alternatives than an aging man who never married but still has to convince his family that he's not secretly gay? I always thought you were gay. First alternative, cohabitation. Just shack up. I mean, you're probably already doing it, so why stop now? What's going to change? In your lives, if you had a document saying that you're on the hook for the other person's bill, it's not like the good Lord is going to overlook all the fornicating you sinners have been doing since you started fornicating without your license. Now, I realize there are tax benefits to the marriage, and I get that, which is why I'm so adamantly against tax benefits for married people. Fuck that. These people are actually consuming more resources than I do, what with their propensities for having children. And I know what you're thinking. You say, Jesus, he's not going to attack children, is he? Yes, he is. Because their little sucks for tax dollars 
Let me get this straight. I'm supposed to pay more than you in my taxes because you forgot to wear a condom one time. Also, these little fuckers are just disease vectors, which means we lose more money in lost work and hospital fees. Children are just little freeloaders, and I'm tired of paying for them. I'm tired of paying more taxes than their parents. See, right now, a lot of people are horrified by what I just said, but many of those people who are horrified believe the exact same thing about brown people, and we're both real assholes. Still, I understand that many people foolishly believe that marriage is a good thing, and I I guess I tend to agree-ish. I'm not so much anti-marriage as anti-wedding. So if you're going to insist on a wedding, take it down a notch. Definitely take it out of the church. You know what? I married my two of my best friends in the smoker's patio of an Upper East Side bar. It's a beautiful ceremony. I, I feel so proud. <laughs> that is the way to go. All you need is for one of your friends to already be a licensed wedding officiant, which I am, and for everyone to get drunk enough to think that holding a wedding in the smoking patio of an Upper East Side bar is a good idea, which we did. I said some words. They said I do. That was it. The marriage was done. The ceremony over. And they're still together today. Why, you might ask, am I, who does not like weddings, and indeed kind of thinks weddings, <laughs> the whole institution of marriage is kind of a sham, a wedding officiant? Oh, that's easy. I wanted to marry lesbians on a boat, and oh my God. God, it was awesome. I was so thrilled just to be asked. I was I was told, and get this, this was the opposite of a formal wedding. I performed the ceremony in cut-off desert camouflage shorts with a glass of Jameson in my hand. If you are going to have a wedding, I strongly suggest that, one, you do it on a boat, and two, be lesbians, because that really made this the best wedding ever. And the only thing that I regret about this wedding is that I did not dress as Captain Steubing from the love boat. And I got, I know, I've been cracking jokes or what passes for jokes on this low-rated podcast, but I'm really not against wedding. I'm against the stupid, pointless pageantry and pomp status of weddings. The prince's fantasy spoon-fed into American women from the time they're old enough to get their first fucking Barbie. It reinforces a class of sexist and racist system that only exists to put money in the pocket of Big Wedding, and Big Wedding keeps some shitty company. You think the diamond companies have reformed my ass they have? All of the customs and tropes of traditional weddings comes part and parcel with Victorian traditions and are about the transfer of wealth from one family to another. And the living representation of that wealth is the woman. Draping yourself in an expensive white gown to to signify your purity is, well, it's laughable in this day and age. And you probably fucked on the night before the wedding and have been fucking for months if not years before the wedding. So why are you perpetuating in the commodification of women? You are pouring money into a system that only exists to convince people, primarily other women, to spend money they don't have on stupid ceremonies they don't need for people that don't even want to be there. Unless, unless, of course, you are gay. Because I totally get why you guys would want to do it. But you know what? I'm putting a timer on this shit because you get 10 years after a decade, that timer is cut off, and you gotta get out of the goddamn churches and out of the goddamn fucking fancy-ass weddings and into the bar on the Upper East Side. If for some reason you choose to ignore all of my advice, 
and decide that you must have a wedding ceremony, make it for you. Make it about you. Because a wedding should represent two people foolishly deciding to join their bank accounts together to reap the tax benefits of matrimony. In fact, a wedding should be performed not by some drunk asshole in jean shorts or a priest, but by a certified public accountant. So if you're going to do it, I commend you to my last traditional wedding alternative. Do what my best friend and her life partner are doing. Rent out a beer hall. Have your friends and family come over to watch you get hitched by your drunk-ass best friend who, for no adequately explored reason, is dressed like Elvis. And I do not mean Elvis Costello. Elvis. Elvis Presley. You will still have to pay a lot of money, but at least, and this is the most important thing about this entire podcast, I do not have to wear a fucking tie. That is it for our show this week. Look at this timely yet evergreen show on weddings right before the wedding month of June. Oh, that's so sweet. You really do want me to officiate your wedding because imagine this, a blondish, salty, reddish-haired Elvis skin-tight jumpsuit open to the navel, whiskey in one hand, microphone in the other. And trust me, it's fat Elvis, not that skinny Elvis shit because the skinny Elvis shit is not real. Sorry, I've been on an Elvis obsession ever since I saw that HBO bio doc on the king. And damn it, Elvis, leave us alone! So in the spirit of the king, I beg you, don't be cruel and rate and review this show wherever you find your podcast. It lets people know that you can't help falling in love with this god-awful show, and they should be a real teddy bear and give us a try. It's now or never to donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Give me a dollar, and I'll prove to you that you are always on my mind. Follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast with a show name on Facebook. If you feel the punk-a-hunk-a burning love for more shows, they are at the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave, the king of rock and roll, Bledsoe, producer Court Jester Gavin, and all the other fictional peasants on this show, we want to say, hey, hey little sister, what have you done? done? Hey, little sister, is he the only one? Is Hey, hey little sister, is he your Superman? And what does Billy Idol have to do with Elvis? Absolutely nothing, or the royal family. Hey, it's just that I had really didn't want to ditch the ending of the show and start again. We'll see you all next week. It's a nice day to start again. It's a nice day for white wedding. It's a nice day to start again. Sister, who is it you're with? Hey, little sister, what's your vice and wish? Hey, little sister, shotgun. Hey, little sister, who's your superman? Hey, little sister, shotgun. It's a nice day to start again. 
It's a nice day for a white wedding. It's a nice day to start again. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.